One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. From the old geeks, two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? Hello, Jason. Hello, Brian. It's another week. I've been told that uh, I had to dial back my caffeine consumption after last week's show. You were you were talking pretty quick. I was a little hyper, apparently. A little, hy- little hyper. Well, you know, <laughs> I get a new toy, my AeroPress, and it was just like, ooh, let's make some more coffee. It makes some more coffee. It makes some more coffee. And it kind of, you know, snowballed into having a lot of coffee. Uh, Whoopsies. So I'm going to try and slow down this week. All right. Are I've, you still on, li- I've only had a, one single double espresso. Are you still enjoying your super hipster coffee tool? I am. I am very much so. All right. I might have to get one of these. I, nah. even, I even took it. No, it's pretty cool. I took it and made some for my dad, too, and he liked it. So, you know, it's right. like it, it, the cleanup is super easy, too. So. If I were to take something like that to my dad and it wasn't Folgers, he would not be impressed. <laughs> I think I think, you know, our people, our parents age are the only people in the world that still drink Folgers, but they drink it and they're loyal. <laughs> See, my dad knows quality. So if I bring him something decent, he can tell the difference. But day to day. Yeah. He's, yeah, <laughs> it's a scoop of instant, like half a pound of sugar and some, you know, cow juice. They're off to the races. <laughs> They're good to go. So I wanted to do a little follow up on the uh, iPhone uh, battery issue that we yeah. talked about a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago where our phones were just dying immediately. Draining, draining, draining quickly. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my information might be out of date now because there was a new update. The 711 <laughs> update came out yesterday. I was about to say I downloaded that as well. They're making it really hard for us to actually test any hypotheses by keeping updating their software all the damn time. I know. that, And, you, and don't forget you have auto updates going on in the background now for all the apps. Uh, I never turn that on. I leave that off, actually. Oh, man, it, it, that, that makes it exciting. You never know what you're going to get when you open an app. <laughs> it's like, ooh, <laughs> look at that. Everything's not where it's fucking supposed to be. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, and, and your icon is now boring. So mm-hmm. that's generally how you can tell if somebody's done a big update. And we'll talk about uh, another big update where one password updated in a little bit. But uh, so I my big uh, discovery was just I deleted the Facebook app. Yeah, that's known to be a massive drain. But uh, because half of my job is updating social networks for people, I have to keep that app on. Mm. I keep it on my iPad just because, yeah. like, you know, there it's that's fine because the I, it's almost impossible to kill the battery life on an iPad for some reason. <laughs> um, it, those things are just unholy good. Yeah, they're fantastic, actually. Uh, they really need to figure out uh, whatever mojo they're using on the iPads and put them in their damn phones. Yeah, well, I think it's just the, the size ba- battery, yeah. <laughs> battery that's two times the size of the phone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I never had any problems on the on the iPad with it. But um, also turning off uh, background refresh on just about everything. Which is uh, something I actually didn't even know was there. So thank you for that that pointer. Um, yeah, go into your settings and uh, can't remember exactly what it's dialed down under. But uh, there were so many apps that I never used that were constantly set up for background app refresh. And I just turned them all off. And uh, it does seem to be a little bit better. But again, thanks a lot, Apple, for the update because we can't really give you any quantifiable data. Yeah, really. <laughs> and and a lot of those updates, the background ones, were using uh, geolocation too. So yeah spinning up uh you know spinning up your radios every time it's ugh, not good not good and, but it, you're running like um uh what are you running what's that argus, argus. You're, you're still running argus and argus still needs that on i'm i'm sure just to grab the the data 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm relatively sure that Argus has been a big cause of, of battery drain, but like, you know, like we had talked about, it was actually when the the previous uh, software update, iOS update came out, that's when we really started to notice that just battery life was horrible. So uh, Argus itself doesn't seem to be the massive issue. Uh, dialing down the background app things has seemed to help a little bit. It's not quite so bad. I no longer feel like I have to run back to the house or carry a charger with me if I'm leaving for more than an hour, but uh, it's still not as good as it was a couple months ago. Definitely. Time to switch to Android. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Argus that you just mentioned, um, I haven't talked about that for quite a while. I'm still using it regularly and have for quite a while now. Uh, they did something really cool and kind of surprising. I got an email from them, which I, I'm not on their mailing list. I asked to be removed because I, I just like using their product and I don't need the promotional crap. Uh, but I did get sent an email anyways, and this was a really nice touch. Uh, it was a postcard from Tucson, Arizona. As since I've started using the app it, and tracked all my set steps, that is the city I could have walked to from Los Angeles. I've racked up over 460 miles on Argus so far. You've walked 460 miles? Well, it counts the biking too. It right? counts the biking as well. But yeah, uh, distance yeah. traveled is 460 miles since I've started using the app. And that was a cool little thing to get. It was surprising uh, because I don't really look at like totals or things like that. So. Hello from Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know how long it takes to walk 460 miles. <laughs> I'm like, we didn't review that app that long ago. And I know you don't walk very much, so. No, yeah. I've actually, again, this is, uh, we've talked about using these apps and, and getting the quantified data and how it changes your behavior. I have not had an under $10,000 10,000 step day in quite a while. Yeah. Um, it does force me to walk a lot more. Um, where I've moved has actually helped as well because things before that I wanted to get to were a little bit too far to walk, so I would bike to them. Now I actually go walk and do my errands instead um, and still just kind of take my bike rides for fun. But uh, it does having this app has made me very conscious of walking. Um, it actually, <laughs> to some degree, I think it almost might be a bad thing obviously good for my health, uh, but bad for my efficiency because I'll go out of my way to like walk something more than times than I need to. Like I know the mail isn't there yet, but I'm going to walk down and check anyways, just to get my steps up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was really cool of you guys. Thanks Argus. That was a, that's a nifty little idea that you guys had uh, built into your little system there. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Uh, <laughs> I just get badges from Fitbit and yeah, daily yeah. or uh, weekly roundups and stuff. Yeah. Um, now, we talked about the middle class crap <laughs> before because, you know, we're <laughs> old and in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's now uh, some empirical data from The New York Times that says we are definitely not the not the world's richest anymore and are, no. are falling behind. So, yeah. you know, so, OK, I I. I me you're, culpa, you're, you're, you're me culpa, you're, you're believing yeah. it. Yeah. The, the article basically goes on to discuss that the American middle class, which has long been the most affluent in the world, has lost that distinction. We are slowly sinking down from other countries as our middle class, which I've been screaming for years, has been shrinking as well. Uh, Canada, much better. Uh, most most nations in Europe, at least the, you know, the big ones, Germany, et cetera, uh, middle class, far better off middle class. Uh, if you're middle class in America, you're, you're hanging in there by your, by your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah. Luckily I do have my escape plan of going to Canada. <laughs> Lucky so, bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, marry a Canadian. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> So there's another thing that I've been talking about, uh, and you and Teeter, when Dr. David Teeter was on with us about cutting the cord and getting rid of cable, uh, found a cool little article on Deal News, which I've never heard of. Um, 
called Running with Scissors, Seven Myths About Cutting the Cable Cord. Why are more If cut, cord cutting is on the rise, why are there more cable subscribers than ever? And it uh, just runs through a bunch of the different uh, concepts that are floating out there, like myth number one, cable cutting is on the rise. Uh, they actually go through the numbers and no, not true. Uh, all cord cutters are pirates. Yeah, well, I don't know. I disagree with that one. Hell, I have a cord and I'm still pirating things. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't think that has to do with anything. I mean, no, that has to do with convenience and stupid laws and how and how things are rolled out. Yeah, and people know. not putting stuff for sale immediately when they should be. And well, and and people just not getting global culture. I mean, I know that there's there's obviously a lot of legal involved and certainly money, but if it takes me ten seconds to get the latest version of Downton Abbey that's aired in England and I have to wait a year to watch it here. Sorry, friends in Sweden are coming into play. Yep, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's a it's just an interesting little article. A lot of it has to do with the uh, with the sports and and specials and things like that that make it difficult, but uh uh they do talk about how it's plausible to cut the cord. It's not so easy, especially once you've gotten used to watching things in a certain way. You definitely have to change a lot of habits to be able to do it, but it is possible. And I think ultimately I'm just too lazy to do it. Well, here's the other thing. When I did it, um, it was for a couple of years. I still had uh, an Xbox 360 so I could get some TV stuff through. And, uh, you know, here's the deal, though. You change your habits. It went, yeah. it went, as soon as you lose cable, you go outside more. You hang out with your friends more. You don't just sit there and watch whatever's piped into your living room. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I, I rode my bike a lot more. I went to the beach a lot, you know, because I was living in Long Beach. So I actually used that time to actually go out and do other stuff. The downside is it did tend to be a little bit more expensive because when I did go out and hang out with friends, it was generally at a bar. Yeah, so, you end up, yeah, yeah, you end up buying more beer. You do spend more on on the the pleasures of life than you do on the cable. But you know what? All in all, it, it, it that was a, a fine trade off. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with that. Except TV is starting to get so damn good. There's just so many good shows now. Yeah, there really are. It is yeah. the, you know. But you know what I have noticed? Age. I mean, I have basically stopped going to movies completely. Mm-hmm. So because TV is all just tends to be so much better now. I know. I um the only thing that I really want to see now is Captain America because they're doing that crossover with Agents of Shield, which is actually getting pretty good, so I might have to go sneak out and catch that tomorrow. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I, I might have to see that as well. But uh, then again, I've got a flight coming up pretty soon. So that's when I tend to get all my movies in. Although Captain America on a three inch by three inch screen is probably not going to be all that stunning. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, get get your butt to the theater for that one. All right. Um, I do want to kind of circle back a little bit and talk <laughs> real briefly about Fantastical and how I was using it for my morning rituals. Mm hmm. And it was, it's, it's been great. I'm still using it. You know, I get up, I have it wake me up at the same time every day. I've got like a standard standardized routine I've been going through, but it, things are changing up because I'm doing a, a bunch of crazy things in the next couple of weeks. I started a 10 day fast today, so I'll, oh, God. I will definitely be grumpy actually, but no, by the next show I'll be, I'll be over the hump. So <laughs> fasting is fasting. The first three days are terrible, but after that it's just fantastic. I love it. Right. Um, but I I used Fantastic Out to really kind of uh, try different things out and make them habits. Mm-hmm. And I found out that, yes, I love doing the 750 words thing, but I wasn't writing anything that was usable. So right. I, I pulled that out and I started just to I, I have time set aside to write every day now. And I'm writing like actual things that will become like blog posts and articles that I've been working on and the new show that I'm working on. So it's it's like, you know, actual quality writing instead of just having to write 750 <laughs> words. But before the next timer goes off on the, you know, the fantastic how to go like uh, I had watch a TED talk on there with my breakfast and all this other stuff. And right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you kind of got to take the, the the muse when it comes, as it were, especially for anything creative. I mean, it's it's an extremely useful and good habit to force yourself to sit down every day and do something. But but trying to pinpoint the exact time, I don't think works because you may not have anything to write about. But 35 minutes later, something will inspire you and then you're ready to go. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I got I did it for 36 days straight and I got over 30,000 words down. Out of those 30,000 words, there's probably 1,500 words that aren't just like mindless meandering and rambling and actually usable stuff. <laughs> so like changing that, it was, I mean, it was a good experiment. It got me in the habit of writing, mm-hmm. which is good, but the timing was wrong and the, the reasoning was wrong. So um, I'm, I'm much happy. I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad that I'm using, you know, Fantastical to kind of get everything together. And it, the fact that it syncs with all my standard built in stuff is, is, is amazing. I love it. Cool. Very cool. And uh, a little pickup on Linode. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. I jumped it up. I, I'm paying 40 bucks a month now for their VPS. It is super fast. Everything's SSD. I mean, my God, it's so fast. And since I'm paying that much money, I'm like, well, what the hell am I paying Squarespace to? So I, as you predicted, I pulled my site back and unfortunately it'll be running it on WordPress. But <laughs> I can't, I can't justify 240 bucks a year for a blog that I update once every, you know, two weeks. No, I agree completely. And, uh, I, you know, you heard it here first. I knew you'd be coming back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, with everything, I mean, you talk about cost cutting in general. I mean, I, you and I can't stand WordPress. We've gone on at great length about how much we hate WordPress and, and how horrible it actually really is. And uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, I find I, I was going to try to avoid it with some clients. I don't think I'm going to be able to simply because they don't want to pay enough for anything custom or good. And, uh, the word, you know, for what they're going to pay me, WordPress works and, you know, it's not, then they can either pay me to keep it up to date so they don't have problems or to hell with them. Or they can pay you once they get hacked and like, where's all their content? And then you come back and charge them for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which then, you know, they're paying the same amount they would have paid if they would have just paid me up front for something custom. Yeah, that's and that's see that's the the whole hidden cost thing with it and you know yeah the hidden costs with WordPress are astronomical but uh, for you know when you're arguing with a client and they're only giving you a set budget what can you do exactly I've got a I'm going to post uh, this coming week on the on the blog uh, on our blog Grumpy Old Geeks um, I've got a a new set package that I do with any base WordPress install that like has I, I've honed this over the past year to be like the most comprehensive as far as everything I need plus you know the security stuff that I use. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just a really good starting point. If you have to do a WordPress site, just start off with the set of this set install mm-hmm. and it works pretty well. Excellent. Yeah. I noticed, uh, especially, I mean, the one that everybody, if you're not running this, you're just an idiot is uh limit login attempts. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed I forgot to put it on one of my sites and there were 5,000, uh, login attempts were like within a 20 minute period. I'm <laughs> like, why, is, why the hell is my server like going, going cattywampus? And that was why. And that I, that also might have been a lot of the speed issue I was having with Media Temple. Definitely could be, yeah. Yeah, if you're just getting hit like that. Anyway, look for that in the blog this coming week. <laughs> I will, actually, because I could definitely use a refresher. Now, FCC is... This is <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're thinking over at the FCC, but they're, they are the whole net neutrality thing is back up. And they're, the wording for this new bill that they've got going through is just so stupid it makes me think that the people over there they're just putting in like the most egregious things that you can think of because they've got other stuff that they want to slide under the table they're like oh well let's make this thing so god-awful horrible then you know yes we're going to steal all your internets and we're going to sell them you know to the greediest people on the planet 
and then that's just you know that's the MacGuffin. And <laughs> over here you've got what they're actually after. But I don't know this this, this whole net neutrality FCC thing that's coming out and started yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday this week because Brian is super busy as usual. More contractors, I'm sure, more furniture and things like that. No, no, this was all work stuff, not house stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, our, I'm shocked that a government bill would have a bunch of things attached to it that don't make any sense. Yeah, really? That never happens. No, this is just, I. this is just getting so, well, like anything, any government bill, it's getting so convoluted. Um, the wording is vague, inconsistent. I'm not even sure what the hell's going to be happening anymore, but but smarter people than you and I have determined that this is definitely very, very bad. Yeah, and there's an article that we'll, we'll link to in the show notes from GigaOM, and it's uh, called, When it comes to net neutrality, either the FCC thinks we're idiots or it just doesn't care. And it's a really <laughs> good it's a really good write-up on it. I recommend uh, checking it out. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good article, and I fall down on the they just don't care side of the argument. Yeah. <laughs> they got the money, they got the power, they don't give a shit. So I do want to do one last bit of follow-up. We have an app. We do. Friend of the show, Trent Hamilton, uh, made it for us. And it's it's cool if you, you know, know somebody who you want to introduce to our show, but they don't know what the hell a podcast is, you can just go get the app. Search for Grumpy Old Geeks on the App Store, on the oh, the iOS App Store. Yes. And uh, you can get a uh, a shiny new app that has all of our shows in it. And it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. And it's it's guaranteed not to drain your battery too bad. Yes, exactly. So you can listen to any of the shows on demand. You don't have to go download anything else. Just you got the app. You're good to go. Yep. Check it out, everyone. Uh, Yeah, it makes it really easy to listen to us. And I think we're going to have an update coming soon that has some uh, more fancy features in it. Like uh, because right now you can't you can't do some of the scrubbing and uh, I can't remember where the skips are in. We've got some we've got some new features coming on it. The player the player will be uh, uh, polished up coming here pretty soon. So but it's right now it works. You know, if you want to tell somebody about our show, please, pretty please, with sugar on top. Yes, uh, please. This is, a, this is an easy way to do it. And if you're on your phone, you can just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com and you'll get that swank, like swanky little banner. They just click that and you can put it right on your phone right from there. Comment of the week. And speaking of the iTunes store and our podcast, we have a brand spanking new five-star iTunes rating and comment. We love those. This comes from Neil Sisson, 007. Uh, this has quickly become my favorite podcast. Both these guys bring a smart, informed, and witty outlook on this ever-changing frontier. Well, thank you, Neil Sisson, uh, 007. We really yeah. appreciate that. Yes, thank you very much. This is a couple of weeks in a row now that we've had someone tell us that we're brand new. We're their brand new favorite podcast. Uh, that's that. That feels good. It does. It does. And uh, please, if you think about it, tell a friend. Give us a rating in uh, iTunes. Just, yes. Know, Please do. We're not asking for much. Uh, we'd love donations, which you can do at grumpyoldgeeks.com. But the best thing that you could possibly do for us is give us that five-star iTunes rating and a comment. And please tell friends, because uh, for us to start getting any kind of sponsors, we need the numbers. In the news. So remember back when we started this podcast and we wanted to talk about how to make money on the Internet? Absolutely. And uh, we were kind of confounded because... That nobody really respects creativity anymore, and it just seems like everything out there that actually makes money is so god awful stupid. Yes, <laughs> do tell. Yeah, well, Airbnb's founders uh, basically just closed uh, a four hundred and fifty million dollar round and are now valued at ten billion dollars. Billion. Why? Why? Airbnb, Airbnb is just a site that lets people 
put up their residences and rent them out. It's disrupting the what hotel industry? Craigslist. Um, Craigslist. <laughs> and basically, also, it's illegal in a lot of the cities that it exists in. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> and they, they are being lost over that. Yeah, they're being sued. Uh, there's some antitrust stuff going on with them, but yet they're still worth ten billion dollars. I don't understand, Jason. You know, there are lots of hotel chains out there that aren't even worth $10 billion. No, and they actually provide a real legal service. Yeah. They, they, uh, <laughs> They're not just a fucking app. <laughs> seriously, this is just my, isn't it a stop? Just, you're making my head hurt with this shit. I hate the internets, but you know what I hate even more? Really dumb people. Oh. <laughs> well, fortunately, uh, none of them listen to our show, so. No, of course continue. not. That none, of, none of you people need to worry about this, but the Associated Press just did another poll. Uh, a Big Bang is still a big question for most Americans. They do not believe in it. Okay. Even though we keep telling people, and there's an awful lot of science out there, and uh, it's pretty much accepted by almost every major scientist except for the one or two crackpots that always get brought up trotted out every time anybody does a debate yeah well when it comes to the science and americans we're really not the brightest bunch um <laughs> seriously well that history geography um yeah. almost anything that you should probably know by the time you're out of fifth grade we apparently fail at miserably yeah so um yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> this, it, this this does not surprise me, but it saddens me. In and, addition to most Americans not believing in the Big Bang, they also don't believe in global warming, even though Al Gore has been out there forever. And again, as per four, 99.9995% of scientists now accept that this is actually happening and true. Uh, what they are, what most Americans do believe is only 4% doubt that smoke caused cancer. So apparently there's 4% of Americans out there that think, no, it's not causing cancer. 6% uh, question whether mental, mental illness is a medical condition that affects the brain, as opposed to, I don't, the spleen. What the <laughs> fuck are these people thinking? Uh, oh 8% <laughs> and 8% are skeptical there's a genetic code inside our cells. Because obviously they can't see it, yet they believe in Jesus, who they also can't see. Interesting. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I did see a, I did see a really good uh, video on YouTube a couple of years ago about a guy who didn't believe electricity existed because he couldn't see it and went up and grabbed a power line. That was oh, uh, that was entertaining. <laughs> that is very awesome. Uh, yeah. So if you're in a really good mood and, and kind of want to be depressed, go read this article. Well, speaking of climate change, Apple is on board with it, and they've got a new. Uh, um, basically a new ad campaign rolling out. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this yet? I have indeed. It's actually a pretty good ad. I, I, I don't mind it. I don't, I, I like it. I'm hoping that they're actually that Apple as a company is, is taking steps within their own company. And I do believe that they are. I think they're, they're relatively uh, for a massive company like that. They're relatively echo conscious. Um, so I, I'm hoping it's not just a, a snazzy ad campaign. Yeah. Did you see how much money they made last quarter? Oh my God! Yes, I'm so happy to have their stock, and I am not selling it. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apple is just going gangbusters, aren't they? But uh, again, very happy about this move. I, I like seeing these major companies come out. You know, if if tech companies can come out with stupid positions like shooting animals and and all the other stuff that we've talked about in our who's the who's this <laughs> asshole segment, it's good to actually have them come out uh, to have a company come out on something that is good, good, and I totally believe in. And more people need to do it. Yeah, speaking of the climate change thing, I was watching a show on Showtime uh, called Years of Living Dangerously. Uh, I only saw the first one. I got the second one queued up. But uh, celebrities going around to different parts of the world talking about climate change and what the causes are. 
and it's it's entertaining. I got to say, I liked the first episode a lot. It had Don Cheadle, um, Harrison Ford was in it, flying mm-hmm. planes and jets and looking like a twat generally with that earring. Um, <laughs> yeah. that, ear, that earring's got to go. It just makes him look like it, an idiot. It better not be on Han Solo when they start shooting the the next Star Wars. That's all I got to say. Well, anyway, it's a, it's it's worth checking out if you have Showtime or know people in Sweden. So. I had uh, I had not heard of this show at all, but uh, since you put it in the show notes and I, I've looked at it, I'm, I'm definitely planning on watching it. It looks it looks really good. Yeah, the second one's out. It's it comes out on Sundays. Um, episode two, I think, has Schwarzenegger doing firefighter firefighting in California, mm-hmm. California. Um, <laughs> so it looks it looks decent. I I mean, like I said, I like the first episode, so check it out. Yeah. Now. I, somebody forwarded me a, a story <laughs> about a band who stole a photographer's work, and the band, when, when confronted with the fact that they had stolen something, came back with quite possibly the mm-hmm. dumbest and worst reply in histories. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I have seen this. This is this is did the rounds in in my social networks as well because I I know both a lot of photographers and a lot of musicians. Um, Red jumpsuit apparatus, who I have never heard of, and. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, that's, they have... that's, that's the band, not the photographer. Yeah, that is, that is the band that uh, <laughs> that would their... be a good name for a photographer, though. I am going to shoot <laughs> you a wedding. I am red jumpsuit apparatus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the photographer took a bunch of pictures of them. They just decided to start using them without paying, which frankly sounds very music industry. Uh, but then they responded saying that all digital art should be free, except for, of course, their music. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's so many contradictions in in this story. I just put it in the show notes because I've been through this personally. The same thing with being a photographer and having a musician steal my work and actually put it on his CD cover and <laughs> wondered why I sent my lawyers after him. He's, yeah, uh, he's dead now. So he got he got his comeuppance. Uh, the, the best part about this, this particular story, I just wanted to circle back on it because they didn't update. Um, they went back and they updated their initial Facebook post that said, we believe all forms of art should be free to we believe most forms of digital <laughs> art should be free. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. So uh, I also uh, kind of keeping up with with the whole thing that we've been talking about recently about the the middle class and me buying a house and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there Ooh, was wow, a motherfucker. Yes, I, I'm hanging out to the, the middle class as hard as I possibly can. Uh, there was another article on the Washington Post uh, in the opinions section by Catherine Rampell. Americans think owning a home is better for them than it is. Uh, I think it's very independent. Yeah, see, that's the thing. There's a lot of variables that go into if home ownership is right for you. There's just a ton of factors. I've seen a couple articles, like, I mean, years ago, where people had broken down the costs of home ownership, the ongoing costs, what you can get back out of your house. And for a lot of people, if rent is cheap in your neighborhood, it works out better to just rent. You're not, you're going to spend more money over the long haul. And it's just more hassle, more headaches. And, you know, hell, even just fixing your damn house is a, is a hassle and a headache. Like in in an expensive one too. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so I mean, you go, go replace a driveway or a roof, and there goes you know six months worth of rent for the most part. Um, yeah, this is it's a complicated issue about home ownership, and me personally, I'm obviously I'm firmly on the side of put my shit in my car and <laughs> drive around. Uh, you, on the other hand, have gone the other route, and uh, now yeah, I home. mean. Uh- I, I agree with uh, and uh, I, I was reading through a lot of the comments both uh, on on this particular article in the Washington Post and some of the other ones that we we had discussed before on previous episodes and I've gone back and looked at that um, just because I find it to be a really interesting subject as I'm a dual homeowner now. Um, Wait, you own two I, homes? 
Uh, yeah, yes. We uh, own a condo in Toronto and uh, the condo in Santa Monica. So we oh have... Uh, God, what a... <laughs> we're, rent, we're renting one out. Uh, so we are lords of the land. You're slumlords. Uh, hardly. It's a really nice place. Uh, anyways, yeah, for, for me, it does... It makes more sense uh, because in both areas, uh, rent is astro- astronomically high. Uh, if I were to keep renting here in Santa Monica, I'd be paying way more than my mortgage is right now. Uh, we're rent the place in Toronto is being rented for more than the mortgage is. Um, and as far as mobility, I, I don't really want to throw my stuff in a car and drive around and go anywhere. In fact, I mean, I, of the three cities in the world that I would happily live in right now, I, LA got place here. Toronto could rent this place out, move to the place in Toronto. The only other city I'd really consider living in is London and nobody could fucking afford to live there. Yeah. Forget about that. one. So, <laughs> so for me, it, this makes more sense, but I totally get, you know, for you, but, uh, and actually I found an article on salon after I'd read your comments. Um, my generation living on the road, apparently you're a, you're a millennial at heart because yeah. uh, a lot of the millennials are just saying to hell with it and basically living out of a bag. Yeah, well, I, I at least have friends with nice places that I usually stay at, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not literally literally living out of the car, but uh, yeah, I, it, it's an interesting article. I, I read about half of it before I kind of drifted off into something else, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot since we have all of the technology to do what you want to do from wherever. I think there's going to be a lot more people that basically do what I do. I think so too. The the only thing that that really worries me, and maybe this is just me being raised solidly middle class and and having those you know kind of like seventies and eighties values imparted into me, where you know eventually you'll you own a home. And I even felt like I was very late to get to that stage because I was in my late thirties before <clears throat> I, I took that step. What happened? I get the whole let's not own anything, let's rent, let's let's be vagabonds. Uh, I just worry about what happens when you basically retire and you don't have an income coming in anymore. And how do you, if if you've bought a place, you don't have rent. You still and, have you still have property tax. You still have yeah, yeah. maintenance. You still have property still taxes, have, and maintenance, know, utilities, but, the whole nine yards. Yeah, there's still costs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you when you talk about you know it's perpetual work, you you work till you're dead. Yeah, it's about well, it. I, unless I, I unless, think... you, unless you are you can still be a vagabond and save a bunch of money. You know, you don't have to. You can, I'm personally not one of them because (laughs) I'm an idiot. Um, But yeah, there are people out there that are independently wealthy and have nice places and still move around and, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) I'm not not buying a house. You are. The one thing that I did want to bring up about that article is um, they don't go over land ownership because that's the weird part. That's the one thing I don't understand why people buy condos. Maybe sometime over a beer you can enlighten me on it because you don't – you own like airspace. Yeah. You know? You don't really own a a whole lot and especially in California if you have an earthquake and, you know, the building is damaged to the point where it gets knocked down, you kind of lose everything. That's – that that was the understanding I had. So it's it's a crapshoot, especially in earthquake country, to own a condo. Yeah, I suppose, but uh, I just uh, I don't worry too much about that. Okay, <laughs> I yeah. try not to think. I try not to think about it too much. Eh, your so. money. <laughs> um, and speaking of getting old, this was a really cool article that I think Tim Ferriss posted this morning. Um, the blood of the world's oldest woman hints at limits of life. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about her, basically her stem cells. And you know how she she kind of just ran out of them. She had like yeah. two two left, <laughs> right? By the time she died, um, what's what's interesting about it though is they they have some pretty good theories about uh, 
being able to, when you're young, like take your stem cells, freeze them. And then when you get old, stick them back in you. Yeah. And like kind of re reboot and reset the clock a bit. I mean, you're still going to die, but it's like, gives you, <laughs> it gives you a little bit more youth because your, your, um, your DNA hasn't like, uh, the, with the telomeres haven't, telomeres, yeah. haven't uh, degraded as much. And, you know, you haven't had as many genetic mutations from splitting. It's interesting. Unfortunately for us grumpy old geeks, uh, it's a little day late and a dollar short, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. We're not going to quite make it there. I think our best bet is still to be able to download into a computer at some point. Um, I love this stuff. I, I was, uh, Back when I was in college, I did work study programs and I kind of I worked uh, for a doctor that was in the gerontology department who was big into, you know, aging and aging studies and all of this stuff. So I find this endlessly fascinating and a really cool article. Very cool. If you're one of those people that uh, doesn't believe in the Big Bang, you've never heard of this site. It's called NewScientist.com. <laughs> and another one I found this morning, I forget who sent me this one, but this was an interesting take on how uh, Valve, uh, their, their game manufacturer, right? OK, so yeah, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, the Valve makes video games, and there's a game. Like, there's a game called Dota Two. Okay. To cut down on trolling in the game and complaint, because they have to deal with a lot of complaints, you know, user to user complaints. Uh, apparently, after the match, like you, it's like some kind of battle match, whatever. They give you some questions, and it used to be like, you know, how was the match, whatever. And you could just rate it. Now, then they started asking more questions, like about cooperation, in-game cooperation, and how the person themselves actually cooperated. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing is it's ma- it's it's creating a little cognitive dissonance in in the players because they could they know that they were just bastards during the match, but they give themselves a nice rating. Right. And yeah. it's it's for some reason, it's cutting down on trolling, which is yeah. it's it's interesting by using just simple, simple uh, forms and questions that they can, you know, shape the actually just manipulate the hell out of the trolls and the players to make them be nicer. OK, well, that's I mean, I find that really interesting. I'd love to see this basically applied to Twitter. <laughs> Or, you know, at least message boards or something like that, or certainly comment forums, things like that on articles. I I would love to see some sort of system that is proven to work implemented just to see what happens. Will people be nicer? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to work because it's not really a collaborative type of thing. Um, That's that's true. And when it comes to comments on websites, just disable comments. (laughs) No, no good comes of having comments on your website. But how are we going to be sticky? Oh, in our our (laughs) vertical. I've uh, been waiting patiently for for some of the books by some of my favorite authors to come out, and and I, I was very desperate to read something in between. I am working on the uh, assholes a theory, but it's a bit dry, and I like to break it up with fiction. So uh, I forgot about this author, Matt Ruff, who I, I read one of his books called A Fool on the Hill a long time ago, uh, and I really enjoyed it. And he was just one of those guys that fell by the wayside in my brain for whatever reason. Um, and I never went and got another one of his books. Um, and, but I found uh, one called bad monkeys and, uh, tore through it. it. It's a pretty quick read, really enjoyable kind of spy, semi sci-fi mind fuckery. Is this real? Is this not real? What's going on? Um, I loved the entire buildup and everything. The end was a little, I wouldn't say that you see it coming because you see something coming that's, you know, is going to mind fuck you. And then he does a triple mind fuck. So the the, the dreaded triple, the dreaded triple mind fuck. Yes. Uh, but I do recommend it. It was, it was a fun little read and he is a really good author. I'm going to have to, at some point go back in and work through the rest of his books. 
Cool. I'll, uh, I'll maybe check that out. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be running out of – actually, no. What am I saying? I've got a stack of 100 books to get through. Uh, I'm starting – they're starting to pile up for me as well. Yeah. Uh, let me just say that that Matt Ruff uh, appears as uh, suggestions if, you, if you're reading any of the other stuff that I like to read. Your Tom Robbins, your uh, Christopher Moores who we're just about to talk about and uh, all of that. So he's in that vein. Yeah, and you still need to read the Vorkosigan series, which I keep uh, telling you. I do, and, and here is a thing about computers and apps. If you consistently always read through the Kindle app, if those books happen to be in the Apple eBooks or what the hell do they call it? Libraries, iBooks. iBooks. Sorry, it's in. Uh, I have all those in the iBooks app, and I never think to open it. I completely forgot that I was halfway through the first one, so I will get back to it. <laughs> thanks for thanks for the reminder. No problem. I, I do that all the time too. I'm like, I know I had this somewhere. Now where is it? It's like, oh, yeah. there is an iBooks app. <laughs> yes, I keep forgetting about it as well. Sorry, Apple. And and guess what I bought on Kindle? That would be The Serpent of Venice, Chris Moore's new book. But yes, the thing I did this time was because I've been try- dying to try out the Whisper Sync. I wanted to do it with the uh, Daniel Suarez book we talked about, but it didn't offer it. This one I bought it. I bought the book on Kindle because I saw you posted you got yours in the mail, the cool signed version. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll go get it. <laughs> and uh, I clicked on it, and then I'm like. Which is what I, this is what I always do. I end up buying it on Kindle and then I get lazy and then I go to Audible and then I buy it on Audible and, <laughs> and then I bought two copies of a book. Um, but hey, I'm supporting authors. Fuck it. I love and I love Chris Moore. So this time I was trying my best not to buy it, but I went to Audible. I had three credits, so it's like, OK, they throw away now. And I looked at Serpent of Venice and mm-hmm. sure enough, Whisper Sync enabled and I'm like, buy on the spot. Right. Downside, I didn't even think about this. You got to use the goddamn Audible app on your iPhone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it has it has gotten a lot better. I mean, before it was just it wouldn't it was unusable. It would not work. But right. now now it's got good downloading in the app. The app looks decent. Um, the controls are way better. It has not crashed yet, surprisingly. So I'm like four chapters in. It's funny as hell. So oh, it I, is, it, I'm about as that far as well, and it's really enjoyable so far. Oh, my God. Um, I so miss this character. Oh, I, my I favorite. I know. Yeah. Fool was just amazing. Yeah. So I, I'm so happy that, that that character's back. But, man, yeah. So I'm, what I'm going to try, like, later on when I have – oh, shit, I'm not having lunch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess when I sit around and not have lunch, I can read a little bit on uh, – While you breathe your lunch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, next week I'll have an update on how how Whisper Sync worked and if it was everything that I thought it would be. Yes, I'm very interested in that because I have not used it yet. Uh, and hopefully by next week I will have finished the Serpent events and I can give it a bit of a review. But I can already tell it's going to be a stellar, glowing one. Oh yeah, so far I'm. I mean I'm like laughing my ass off already. <laughs> Heinous fuckery. Heinous fuckery. Fuckery <laughs> most foul. Yes. Um, I also stumbled across another article on Slate. Um. They, they just do damn good journalism. What can I say? Uh, this is called What Will Become of the Library? How It Will Evolve as the World Goes Digital. Uh, as we all know, especially our scrumpy old geeks, everything is basically going digital now and having these huge storehouse spaces for physical product, be them bookstores, which are already basically non-existent. Good luck with that, Barnes & Noble. Uh, and uh, the library. Uh, these these spaces are basically going to go away, especially as the next generation is kind of being raised to not even know that they existed or go to them. Uh, so this this particular author, uh, Michael Agrista, never you know you can never do pronunciation right when you're just reading people's names. Uh, talks a little bit about it. It's a really interesting article. He brings up the concept of creating third spaces, which are basically just public spaces. 
that uh, are designed really well and you can go and basically do whatever you want there. Take your laptop and work, meet with people, sit around and read. Uh, just open spaces uh, that, you know, as, as all these empty spaces are starting to show up everywhere, brick and mortar stores closing down because they just can't make a business anymore, the library, all of these spaces, I think the government should be buying these up and creating some of these. Uh, it's a great idea. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. I'm not really into the government spending any money on that kind of thing, but it'd be, I'd, it's better, I'd rather better than have, guns. <laughs> I'd rather have a public space that the government subsidized than another fucking Starbucks. Uh, that's true. That's true. I don't go to Starbucks. Yeah. So, and speaking of Slate, which I, I do tend to read regularly, and I'm very happy with them because they do actually have really good journalism. They are attempting to go back to a pay model again sort uh, of uh silly, they used to have silly people they had they were a pay model a long time ago where where basically like half of their articles were free and the other half you had to pay for it was i paid like five bucks a month i think or something like that and that was back when you know we weren't all expecting everything to be free so i was quite happy to pay it uh i don't know if i'm gonna bother this time around because they don't really seem to offer too damn much for their money other than you're giving them more money than they're already making off the ads on every single page that i read so yeah they're not going to remove the ads if you pay I, I take it i'd assume not no yeah so uh you get be behind the scenes info about slate regular updates discounts on slate merchandise and more what well, i don't know what's uh, more yeah i i don't know so so uh good luck for you i i don't really want a slate mug um yeah point zero 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 one percent uh sign up on that yeah super happy about the site though uh keep it up and i hope you know, uh, just like every other model in the world, we're hoping something will work for, for paid content. But uh, I don't think this is going to be it. And dee -dee 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 breaking news. <laughs> nice sound effect. Thank you. Uh, just put up on on Eric Idle for Monty Python's Twitter. Uh, the sad news of this is, as expected, Monty Python is not going to tour their reunion show. They're basically just doing it in London, but they will be playing it in movie theaters worldwide. Are they going to do a live simulcast or is this going to be a tape to tape to live? This is so breaking news that I have not read anything beyond the headline. OK. Uh, OK. International distribution rights to broadcast Monty Python's final live show at London's O2 Arena on July 20th to movie theaters around the world. So I will be in a movie theater on July 20th. Same here and for sure. They have, they have announced that this is their final live show. They will not be doing any more. Doesn't surprise me. No, no, of course not. I mean, why would they? They're money. Yeah. They're money fucking Python. Yeah, and they're 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 not spring chickens, you know. No, no, no. They're all some of them are pushing pushing late seventies now, aren't they? Yeah, at least yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so just uh, even looking at the picture on the variety site, they're, they're yeah, a bunch yeah. of old dudes. <laughs> they're a bunch of old men. But uh, I cannot wait for this. I'm I'm very happy. I mean, obviously, they'll release DVDs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it would be nice to. I, I'm hoping here, especially in LA, that they'll actually do it at the Hollywood Bowl. Although with the timing with London, it's going to be in the middle of the day. Well, it says know, it's, it's, it, it says landmark theater, so you're going to have to go to a landmark theater. Uh, okay, all right, there I shall be going. Yeah. So, so Monty Python. Oh wait, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm sorry, it wasn't landmark. It was a picture house, picture house entertainment. Yeah. I don't know why that. why I came up with that. I'm just see. This is what happens when you people tell me I can't have any caffeine. Then I, you know, my brain shuts down. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Welcome to this week in shit we put on our computers. So uh, I've been having some issues with my DNS with my uh, uh, home internet cable provider. Mm -hmm. And I dawned on me I'd forgotten to switch it to OpenDNS, which is a free service that does, you know, just massive amounts of DNS traffic and it's free. And you can set it up at your router level at home. And I'd forgotten right. about it. I did that. 
man, my speed just went through the roof again. Highly really? recommend, highly recommend everybody use OpenDNS. Wow. I've never really thought about it or had a particular issue to look into a change. In fact, I wasn't even aware that you could do that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Log into the, log into your uh, router admin and you can set the DNS at the, you know, at the router. So it's overridden by everything downstream and you can set it on your downstream computers. But uh, yeah, I've been using them for years because they are fast. They're super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you will notice when, if you 404 something, you'll get like a search screen from them. Right. You yeah. know, instead of just a regular 404 page sometimes. And they've also got a really nice cache check. So you can see if you're like switching domains from one IP to another and you've like done DNS changes. Yeah. You know, for developers and people like that. The cache check is great. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes because they've moved it. It used to be on the homepage and now you have to search for it. <laughs> but I used to work with these guys when they first started when I was at Minor Ventures with JPEG Magazine. We were, we were uh, floor mates. And mm-hmm. these guys are super cool. They're solid. Highly recommend it. So if you're like, it, it's just one of those things where I, I've always done it. I've always put it on just because I've been working with them for so long. Yeah. If you, if I have to go back to the, you know, the Comcast or the Verizon built in <laughs> DNS stuff, I can always feel it. I can always tell the lag. So, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to check this out and, and make the switch then see if, uh, see if it speeds things up. It'd well, especially, nice. yeah, you're, you're on Roadrunner, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You got to do it. Okay. Next thing I got, I went and I dropped a, dropped a few bucks and uh, got a new game for my iPad. I, I think it's, it's a universal game, so it works on the iPad and the iPhone. And I think it's, it's featured right now, too. It's called Hitman Go. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's a turn-by-turn-based game, like a board game, where you try and move your little Hitman to the, the target and killing people along the way. Right. It is, it's, it's really funky and fun. It's in 3D. It so, looks interesting, but uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's for five. It, there's a lot of levels. Five, there's five a, bucks. That's pretty pricey, man. It is, but it, there's a lot of levels, and it's it's fun. I enjoy it. Okay. I'm, I was going to talk about this thing called Emmet, but I'm going to pass on it because it's way too nerdy for almost anybody, even including myself. Um, but if I'll, I'll leave the show note or the link in the show note, it's called Emmet. It's a toolkit for web developers. Mm-hmm. It lets you do really cool things like just write a little. Uh, a little bit of CSS descriptor, and then it'll auto expand it to the HTML, like reverse. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I, I was playing around with it a little bit. Uh, if you're if you're a super dorky dev guy like like us, you're gonna like this. Yeah, my only problem with it is trying to remember everything that it does. So that's why I didn't <laughs> not gonna yeah. go too far into it. Um, and we talked about the auto updates before, and mm-hmm. finally, one password four five is out for iOS, and it's got like all the iOS seven trimmings. And yes, and it's very nice, and uh, we've been, you know, we've been espousing this program for for ages on this podcast. You will not find a nicer uh, password manager, and you will not have a more secure password system. It took me ages to switch over to it. Once I did, the first week is a bit weird when you're having to like basically reset everything, and it's kind of a pain in the ass every time you log into a site. Uh, after that, it becomes second nature, and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, and if you do the whole suite, you get it on your laptop, mm-hmm. your desktop, and your phone, or ipads or whatever i just have it on everything i have it on everything as well it all syncs it's fantastic i cannot it's, you just have to do it nowadays and I, and i mean you can get last pass with that which i think is free but it's just so damn ugly one password is beautiful and it it's, does everything it's, it's supposed to it's very elegant once you get used to it yeah it, it's unbelievably good even though it does sync through dropbox you can you can sync with icloud too yeah that's true but i am also syncing over pcs and macs so ah, well yeah you're screwed yeah dropbox works for me for there well Here's a free game I got for you. Remember I talked about the game threes a couple uh, weeks ago? 
Yeah. It's like a slidey board game number matching dealio. Yeah. There's another one out there that my brother turned me on to called uh, 2048, which is very similar in concept, but it just the, the, the physics of the gameplay are a little bit different, mm-hmm. slightly easier than threes, I've noticed. But it's free. It's it's uh, ad supported. You can pay to turn the ads off, but I'm throwing it in there. I have spent way too much time with this over the last week since I've had it. It's <laughs> it's fun. It's really fun. And well, excuse me. Like I said, a little easier than threes. Cool. I might I might actually play that one a little bit because I, I did like threes. I played around with that for about 20 minutes, which is really long for me on a game. Okay. Well, when you when you when you get 2048, uh, I think my high score is about sixteen thousand six hundred. So you yeah, try and get up there with that. There. Yeah, not going to happen. Last week, I talked a little bit about my problems with my cell phone network in in my house, um, which is also my office. So obviously, that's that's not good. Uh, I did go ahead and and try out the network extender from I'm I'm on Verizon and it's a Verizon specific device, which is unfortunate. But uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, they're uh, they're all specific. Mine was AT and T specific. Uh, Yeah, femtocell. Yes, the femtocell. It works a treat. I have to say, uh, it it takes a little while to boot up. We plug it all in. It takes about an hour. But uh, now every time I, I pick up the phone to make a call, I get this weird little beepy sound that lets me know that I'm going over the extended network. And I have uh, had crystal clear, well, as crystal clear as, as cell phone calls ever are, um, calls. And uh, I'm getting everything. Like when, when I've set up my, my buzzer in front to come to my cell phone, all those are coming through. I'm not getting drop calls or missed calls anymore. So this shit actually works. Uh, it's ugly. And you do have to run a wire basically to uh, with a little GPS device that has to go sit in a window. So I've got to figure out how I'm going to deal with that, which is basically going to be running a wire. Thankfully, they give you a very long one. So I'm going to be running it along baseboards and things like that to get it over there. Uh, so that bit's ugly. But uh, it is uh, working flawlessly, I've got to say. Uh, they're not cheap. But uh, there's no extra, there's no monthly rates, which I'm very surprised by Verizon for not trying to get us on that. So uh, it works. So if you're having cell phone problems in your house and uh, you absolutely 100% need to get that solved, so far, so good. Yeah, and I, you're having completely opposite experience that I had. I had the AT&T one. It was fucking terrible. <laughs> so uh, caveat emptor and uh, how much was your, how much was your uh, the femto cell? Uh, I think it was like two seventy or something like that. Yeah, it's about right. Mine was like two ninety nine when I got it. I've seen yeah. them, I've seen them, the AT and T ones on eBay for like one ninety nine used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you what, do not buy a used one because those things are tied to your account and getting it switched to a different <laughs> account is yeah. a nightmare. I tried to give mine away and we spent so much time going back and forth with AT and T. He ended up just giving it back to me, where wherein I promptly threw it in the garbage. Yeah, because we just yeah. couldn't get it transferred over. Yeah, fun times. Uh, so I actually tried out an app as well. Um, well, I actually haven't tried it. But, uh, I haven't tried the ser- <laughs> the service itself, but I did download it. Grubhub. Uh, it's a kind of like an Eat Twenty Four app that's getting a lot of uh, press and coverage right now, and advertising on every other podcast in the world except ours. Thanks a lot, guys. Well, you just gave them a free ad, so... Well, they're probably not <laughs> going to be too happy with me. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the concept of Grubhub, obviously, is disrupting home food delivery by having you not talk to a person, I guess. Um, you you know, you know, type in your area, or it does the automatically find where you are. You can, And it basically just lists all the restaurants in th- the area that deliver. Some of them free, some of them with delivery charges. All the menus are in there. You can set everything that you want and basically just have it sent to you without ever talking to a person. And as far as I can tell, that's about all it really does. Um, 
there are ratings within it, but not a lot of them because people aren't really using it to do, they, they don't have all the user generated content yet. So I wouldn't use this app to ever find a new place. Uh, I'd definitely Yelp at first. So I'm already using a second app to use my first app. And on a test search for local pizza delivery, it lists a lot of places that I know don't serve pizza. So <laughs> I'm not, you know, the entire point of an app like this is to get fast, accurate information and it failed. Okay. Um, well, there you go. That is a, a non-glowing review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. But feel free to advertise with us anyways, Grubhub. You know, throw us some cash. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll check it out when I'm done with my 10-day fast. Thank you for bringing up a fucking food app. <laughs> it's the, the mm -hmm. day that I don't eat anything. Pizza. Um, I've done, well, hey, man, I'm in Chicago. You, you just throw a rock and you got some of the best pizza uh, that you do <laughs> not get in L.A. That is very true. So I've, I've used Eat24. I actually used Eat24 when I was in L.A. I tried to use it when I came back to uh, the Midwest, and it was not quite the same. Not as many restaurants. Um, so, you know, I'll try the app when uh, when I go back to food again. But it, I, I, I think it's worthwhile to just have a folder of these things around, you know, when you're just not feeling well or too pooped to even move. And you just want something quick and easy. Yeah. You know, you got to yeah, let's, let, let's use technology for things like pizza. No, that's exactly true. I mean, I do have a folder on my iPhone called Food, and I've got Yelp, and I've got that, and I've got the Chipotle app, and I've got all those things in there. So if I again, it becomes one of those Apple iBooks things where I forget that they're there, but uh, it's good to have them in there when you do remember them. Yeah, and uh, to get around that, to go back to that iBooks thing, I actually have a folder called Read, where I just have <laughs> the Kindle app, the iBooks app, and Instapaper. So mm -hmm. I can just open that up. Oh, and Reader, the my uh, yep. newsreader. So it's like, you know, you're on the crapper, you need something to read. You press the read button and then you can choose based on how long you're going to be there, what you what you would like to listen to or, or uh, read that time. Yeah. You know, you have, to, you have to plan this stuff out. Yeah, candy, 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 candy. Tim Ferriss came out with a podcast this week and promptly went from zero to hero because he went to number one in podcasts overnight. Dick. <laughs> that Tim uh, Ferriss, uh, I, I'm, you know. I'm on the fence with him a lot of the times. He was on our podcast and he was totally awesome. I, I do love every bit of product that he does. I find it entertaining. I'm not sure if everything he does works or is good, but uh, it's always entertaining. So congratulations, Tim. Yeah, I listened to it and I actually left a very critical review on iTunes uh, of his show. And the first episode that he did with Kevin Rose, kind of a snore. Um, but yeah. they, it's, a, it's a bunch of rich guys talking about investing in Silicon Valley. <laughs> so right there, I'm, all, I'm already like, you lost me already. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, the, second, wait, wait, the second the second episode, though, was with Josh Waitskin, the kid that or the guy he's not a kid anymore. But uh, the Searching for Bobby Fisher movie was based on him. And mm -hmm. he's got a great book that I read before called The Art of Learning. Uh, that was a fantastic interview. It was much shorter than the first one. So it came in at like 105 or something like that. Right. Awesome podcast. If he does everything like that one, he's going to knock it out of the park. And it was really fun. OK, so, cool. All right. I totally recommend it. Excellent. Uh, so the next one I got is uh, I, it's a podcast I talked about before, um, still untitled, The Adam Savage Project. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I covered it before, but this I'm talking about a specific episode here, uh, mm -hmm. which is the latest one where he talks about his diet and fitness and how he lost um, like 30 some odd pounds. Like if you see him on the show now. That dude has slimmed down a lot. He's slimmed down, and I swear his hair has gotten fuller, too. They even mentioned that on the on the show. <laughs> it looks like he's gotten skinny. He looks great, and he's got more hair. Um, and he talks about all the secrets and, uh, one of the things that he did to the said was key was quitting drinking. Yeah. 
And the interesting part was he said, and this this is something that completely relates to me and probably you too. He's like, uh, it was when I realized that I was drinking as stress management that it was that it was easy for me to give up because he was oh, just yeah. doing it for stress management and not for anything else. And you know, if you if you cast it in that light, it's like, yeah, that's kind of I get ner- or not nervous, but you know, get some anxiety. You know, oh yeah, have yeah. a beer. No, no I, I, I totally, I totally do that as well. I mean, you know, by the end of the day, I'm usually so stressed out and and dead, and my reaction is, well, let's let's open up a bottle of wine. So I've I've been aware of that, and again, being aware of it is is kind of the key. And I've been much better about that. I don't automatically like at six o'clock when I decide no more phone calls, run run to the liquor cabinet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I gave it a listen too. I'm a I'm a huge uh, Adam Savage fan. I, I find him to be engaging, and uh, basically anything that he does, I will watch. Um, I love the MythBusters. I love everything that he's done himself. I haven't listened to much of the podcast. I listened to this show, and then I immediately subscribed, and I've started to download them all. Um, uh, but I do have. I listened to a little bit of some of the others uh, podcasts. Like I just dipped in and listened to five minutes of this one, 10 minutes of that one. Uh, the only problem I have with the podcast is, is now that everybody is an Uber geek being an Uber geek alone, doesn't do much for me. And the show is them being Uber geeks. Um, I'm not too crazy about the other guys. I think they're fine, but they're kind of like mini savages. And I think it would be a more interesting podcast if you had people that weren't quite so similar in terms of opinions and tastes and everything. I mean, they, they don't disagree at all. Uh, you and I are always at each other's throats. And how interesting would this be if we just said, yeah, man, you're right. Right, Jason? Man, you're right. <laughs> See, that yeah. wasn't very interesting. No, not at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, these guys, well, they all work together at Tested.com. So they're yeah. all doing the same thing. And yeah. they're like media dudes. They're not really they're not really in it for the conflict or interesting conversations that much. I do like I like Adam's particular slant on the show just because he is Adam and I love everything he says just because I tend to agree with it. There's some that I've had to get rid of their uh, their love fest for uh, 2001 and that I just hate that fucking movie. I love it, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm with them on that one. So you'll, you'll like you'll like <laughs> a lot of that stuff. Uh, they're they're Kubrick uh, suck fests are right up your alley. But his old stories about when he worked at ILM and all that other stuff, and just some of the the general stories are really good. It's 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 a popcorn podcast, it's yeah. a half an hour, you know, nothing nothing too deep. But when he gets into his personal stuff, read the one about him being deaf too. That was a that's a crazy one. Um, the, read it. I mean, listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. I mean, I, like I said, I subscribe, so I'll be dipping in and out every now and then, especially now that the uh, entire Corolla network is shut down while he's shooting his movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Excuse me. I w- had to go get a Mountain Dew because, you know, as you can tell, I'm probably picking up a little bit here. Start you are. Asleep. You're talking a little faster. All right, I'll try and slow down. Slow down. So the next thing I got, which is not so much ear candy, but eye candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes from my I got to give Dr. Teeter the hat tip on this one. It is <laughs> bucking dog. Uh, speaking of dogs, uh, it's food in China. <laughs> Boy, you pay, we're doing a lot of food now that you're fasting. I know. That's crazy. Are, are you really going to watch all these while you're fasting? So, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch this whole thing because when I do a fast, it's not like, I mean, yeah, the first, like I said, the first three days are really tough. But after that, I don't really find myself missing food that much. But this is a series called A Bite of China. It is a, uh, it's a documentary that's a little bit older, but it's all on YouTube. I think there's eight, seven or eight episodes in, in beautiful HD and with with subtitles because it is all in mandarin but it is unbelievably gorgeous just the, just i i zipped around to a couple different parts just watching them cook in the 
the care that they, you know, give to the ingredients and everything. It just, I'm going to put the link in the show notes is a playlist that has them all in order because it is in Chinese. So there are no titles. <laughs> well, there are titles, but well, they're not in the Chinese. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So unless you speak Chinese, then you're, you know, you're one up. Uh, but it's gorgeous. It is so gorgeous. I can't wait I, to I watch looked at it. it as well. It looks beautiful. And uh, that's that's lined up in my I'll be checking out with a Chromecast. Ooh, I'm going to toss it to my TV with Chromecast. I put it on my Apple TV and just log <laughs> in and press the button. And lastly, I did an interview with uh, the Tech Douchebags podcast uh, last <laughs> last week. If that isn't fucking appropriate, I don't know what is. We talked about that show, and then I was invited to go on it. So that episode comes out on Monday. So there'll be a link in the show notes to uh, check that out or go some pre-subscribe so you can get it fresh when I, when I come on. <laughs> I do not plan on listening to this show, so I'm going to leave it to other people to tell me how terrible I was. I just I don't know. I uh, I think I may have been a little bit more douchebaggy than I usually am, so who knows? Oh, great. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> hey, man, that's what I do. I am the ambassador. I make friends. Making friends and influencing people. That's me. As only Jason can. All 390, 390, 380, 370 <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, fancy. So we have an ongoing interest in the Internet of Things and the physical and the bots and the, uh, you know, the, the dronies and the bronies and the Dickies. cronies and the dickies and the wikis. Um, ran across another article, again on Slate, because they, uh, Slate because they do good journalism, uh, that uh, just caught my fancy because I've been thinking about getting a Roomba or something like that for a long time just because I think they're neat and uh, I've always had wood floors and – there's a lot of long hair all over the place all the time and uh, just, you know, was interested in it. And uh, this guy did a review, Seth Stevenson. He does a lot of tech writing for them over there. Uh, he got one of these bots that cleans windows that you just basically attach to the outside and it goes along and, and cleans a window for you, which is obviously very good if, you're like, say you're in a high rise and uh, you'd like to actually see outside without uh, getting out there yourself and cleaning it all up. I uh, did a review on it and uh, basically the, the takeaway is um, if we're all sitting around worried about the robots taking over the planet we can kind of relax for a bit they don't really work all that great yeah uh, I, I watched the, the video of this too and it, it was uh <laughs> it's interesting when it uh when they show it from the other the opposite side of the window where you can see the underpinnings of the mechanism yeah it really reminded me of the face sucking alien from alien yeah that's what that's what <laughs> i thought too that's what i thought it was <laughs> it was cool for that <laughs> yeah but the thing was loud and just same with the roomba roombas are loud See that I did not know, and that that's a problem for me. I actually, yeah. after you made that note, I went and looked at it and found like some videos on YouTube of the Roomba, and the noise would bug the hell out of me. The, it's the, way the... too loud. Yeah, um, yeah, my roommate here has one, and when he runs it, it's just like it, you can't do anything else because it just it's so damn loud, and they don't work very well. I've ha I, I had the first version. I ended up giving it away um, mm -hmm. when I left San Francisco because it just the damn thing didn't work for me. And the one here, even you know, it'll go in there for like forty minutes, do just doing the kitchen. Yeah. Banging into shit and moving around. <laughs> and then when it's done, you still got to sweep up. It's like not that good. Yeah, kind of useless. I think the only real use for them is, is all those great videos of like home cats. pets, home yeah. pets riding them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically cats in shark suits chasing raccoons or parrots or whatever the hell they do on a Roomba. That's what they're good for. Yes, but um, those videos now exist. So stop it, people. Yeah, there was a. Oh, who was it? I forget the guy's name. Um, Phil something. He, uh, he works for Adafruit now, or dating the Adafruit girl. He said he was make, made one that had like a solar, he had a Roomba with a solar panel on it with a plant in the middle. 
And then it knew which way the sun was going. So it would keep the plant in the sunlight in the middle of the room. That was a cool use for it. You know, <laughs> so as the sun was moving, the, it would just move the plant to stay in the sun. That was neat. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, I got one that just came out today. Mm-hmm. Literally this morning. Well, the funny part was it came out last night because Leica, the camera manufacturer screwed up and they put the website for their new T-System camera live mm. and everybody found it. So all the pictures were out this morning. <laughs> Gorgeous camera. It's a little point and shoot. Um, it's a mirrorless. So it's like their foray into mirrorless. And it's got this uh, like aluminum body, this milled aluminum body, much like, you know, the iPhones and all that stuff. Which that, also take pictures. And but and are much cheaper. Yeah, I mean, this is a 16 and a half megapixel sensor in it. Uh, the body is $2,267 approximately because the original mm-hmm. price is in pounds. But in the lenses are all in the $2,000 range. It's yeah, ridiculously expensive. Looks gorgeous. Uh, link to the the site with the video. Really cool to check out. And they have the world's most boring advertisement there, which is literally 45 minutes of a dude sanding the body. Because <laughs> <laughs> after they're milled, they spent 45 minutes per camera hand sanding them. So All right. You can you can watch the the beginning and the end. That's it, it's pretty funny. And they they have the like the chairman of Leica up there talking about it. So you get to see it in person and use it. It's got a touchscreen on the back, Wi-Fi built in, so you don't even have to plug it in. 16 gig of memory on the camera plus an SD slot. It's neat. It's it's expensive as hell, but you know. Yeah. yeah, if somebody wanted to give me one, I would I would take it. <laughs> uh, and, please please donate at grumpyoldgeeks.com, although he's not allowed Jason's not allowed to use that money to buy the camera. Oh, <laughs> um, so sticking with cameras, there's another one uh, out. Do you remember the Lytro? It was a little box camera and it did uh, light field photography. I do remember that when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw a bunch of pictures with it, played around with it. It was just a toy, basically. You know, it was an expensive little toy. Well, those guys have finally made a real camera with like real lenses on it. And it's real, not cheap. Uh, it's like <laughs> 1600 bucks. Looks cool. That, uh, my old friend Nicole Lee did a write up for it over at Engadget that we'll link in the show notes. And uh, it looks cool as hell. The light field stuff is super neat. And if you don't know what that is, it's like when you take a picture, you can actually change some perspective, but you can also change the focus and depth of field to generate an image. It's just like nuts cool. Excellent. Yeah. Hopefully, Canon and Nikon and all these other people will get their hands on it. But uh, as far as I know, they're not licensing the technology yet. Mm-hmm. But when this is like, you know, in your camera in 20 years or in your phone in 20 years, it's going to be super nice. No, no more out of focus pictures. All right. I, I bow to your photography knowledge. I know nothing about this stuff. Oh, it's not dead. Speaking of photography, um, and I can't believe I'm going to read this title. These 50 photos from the past are shocking and hilarious. I can't believe how things have changed. So it's a listicle, and it's one using the titling method that makes me want to fucking kill the entire interweb. But this one has, like, history and shit and photography. And, uh, you know, that's all stuff that we're kind of interested in. And I actually really did enjoy looking through all the photos. It's it's funny stuff. It's funny to see that there was a version of planking um, called horse manning done in the 1920s. You got to see the photo <laughs> to believe it. Uh, so these kind of memes and stupid ass shit have been going on forever. Uh, the... It's it's a lot of good stuff. I mean, the shot of like uh, Hitler rehearsing his speeches from 1925, unbelievable. A um, lot of really good ones. It's definitely worth the you know five minutes it's going to take you to scroll through all 50 of these photos and take a look. Uh, and the main thing 
is that uh, basically the very first photo on this thing. Also, we posted this on grumpyoldgeeks.com last night, so uh, you could have gotten a sneak preview. Or if you followed us on Twitter or on Facebook, we posted it there as well. The oldest known selfie taken in 1839 by Robert Cornelius. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's about it. So fun photos. Uh, second list. Oh, well, hang on, hang on. I, I, mm, I, yes. Some of these are amazing. The isolator, I think, is fantastic. <laughs> it's just a helmet with an oxygen tank so you can turn off everybody. It's like the world's ugliest set of noise canceling headphones. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one, the one wheeled motorcycle. Did you see that one? Yeah, it got it 93 lo- miles an hour. That looks totally space age. Like if somebody shot down the street in that now, I'd be like, that's from the future. Yeah, I've seen those and I've seen people <laughs> crash on those and it's no good. <laughs> I'm sure that's not good at all. Yeah, there's, no. there's a lot of great photos in here. It's totally worth checking out. Yeah, well, there's one here, though. Yeah, the, um, oh, Margaret Lang or I don't know. There's, there's Dorothea Lang, maybe. There's some in here that aren't aren't as cool as the other ones. But but yeah, man, these are cool. I like the the. Oh, Jesus. The cop with the uh, the jail on his motorcycle. That's kind of neat. I could use I could use that sometimes. But yeah. yeah, check these out for sure. These are really fun. Yeah. The winner of the 1950 Miss Atomic Bomb pageants where the uh, crown has an at- oh, yeah. atomic bomb <laughs> cloud going off of it. I mean, this is just great stuff. Oh, man. So, yeah. And it's got Paul McCartney doing a selfie, too, back in the 50s. So selfie selfies. Lots going on there. Uh, no second dickies. listicle. No dickies. <laughs> no dickies. Second listicle that was sent to me this week, which I thought was quite funny um, because I was I was doing an abnormally large amount of of bitching about corporate life and and jobs and and work uh, on Facebook this week. Uh, Eleven brutally honest job titles. Now, this is some e-cards who always do really good work with with their little cards. They're very, very funny um, and they're always being passed around. But I see that they're now getting in the business of listicles because they work, apparently. Anyways, so if you take a quick look, number one is, is probably my favorite uh, because as we've talked about the the intern internization of, of social media strategies, social media strategist, person with the Twitter password. See, right. I, I personally like head of IT, the director of turning things off and back on. <laughs> I think that really is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, then my life has is, is been the last one, the project manager, executive in charge of circling back about that. Yep. No, these are good. These are definitely yeah, good. It's good stuff. So good for you, some e-cards. Uh, maybe you can drum up some business by buzzfeeding yourself. Alrighty. Yo, seriously? Are you shitting me? And in today's Are You Shitting Me, this one kind of bummed me out a little bit and definitely made me feel extremely old. The show The Wonder Years aired from 1988 to 1993. I, I watched it. You, Jason? I watched it too. Oh, yeah. It was a great show. Great show. And Winnie was my probably early crush. Uh, and boy, <laughs> boy, take a look at her now. Google her, man. Whew. Not good? Anyway, no, very good. Oh, oh good. Unbelievably good. Oh, I'm glad she, <laughs> she aged well. She is stunning. Anyways, okay, so it aired from 1988 to 1993, and it covered the years 1968 to 1973. Today, in 2014, if one were to make a similar show, it would cover the years 1994 to 1999. Oh. <laughs> God, I'm old. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I, the, the 90s don't really feel all that long ago. <laughs> Well, actually, 94 is when I got in this business. So, yeah, it does actually feel like a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. That was thanks, a, for that, that, thanks for that pick-me-up, asshole. It was a little depressing of a, are you shitting me for the week? But uh, it is, it, time is funny. No, it's, it's not funny at all. It's no. a right bitch. But speaking of funny, 
Oh man, we have I got a huff no <laughs> for you. I almost fell out of my fucking chair when I saw this. Uh, this was actually I didn't stumble across it. There there was some honest outrage or not so much out, outrage, but a couple of people posted on Twitter with I can't believe that this is a journalistic site. Well, it's not it's not. People. It it, it's not, but we have link in our show notes. I'm just going to read the headline and yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the real headline for the article. Proof that once you go black, you never go back. It's an article about interracial celebrity couples. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. God damn it. Oh, Jessica Dickerson, you little minx, you. I, uh, when you sent me this, I was just like, oh, Christ, what's this? So then I went and, uh, I went and looked up the, the author. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everything she does is black this, black that. So she is into the black side of things. So she is pro-black. 11 Afros that make it impossible not to love black hair. That's okay. a, that's another one of her titles. I need to get in touch with this woman because I own a strongblackwoman.com. It is for sale, so I need to get get in touch with her and sell it to her. Yeah, you, you work on that. Here's here's another one of her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just I just brought up her little profile thing, and and here's yeah. another one of her awesome titles. Serena Williams opens up about embracing her large boobs and butt photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Huffpo. Woohoo! Closing shout out. Uh, I've moved. And, no shit, uh, really? I didn't I, I, I've talked about it a little bit, uh, and I've noticed that I've been carrying some stuff around for near on 20 years every single time I move. We call that a uh, spare tire at our age. Well, I've been, yeah, I've been carrying, well, I've, this is additional. <laughs> These are additional <laughs> things made out of vinyl and rubber. Uh, I'm basically selling off my entire vinyl collection because I haven't had a record player for 20 years. But I've had all these uh, all these discs that I've been taking around with me. Uh, so I wanted to pimp that because if there's anybody out there that's totally into vinyl and I'm, I won't debate with you and I won't laugh at you if you get a Pono and whatever. If you're into vinyl, that's cool. I, it's a beautiful format. It's just not one that I listen to um, and I'm not planning on getting a, an expensive record player. And I'm basically never going to use this stuff and it's just been – it's time to let it go. And uh, so I put up all my vinyl, which is all in mint or near mint quality. So if you are into 80s music uh, – uh, especially 80s remixes. There's probably a lot of gems in there, the Smiths, the Cure, Love and Rockets, all that sort of stuff. At Discogs.com, which I had not heard of, um, it's a great site for for people to uh, buy and trade kind of rare rare music because they do more than just vinyl, but it's primarily vinyl. Uh, my friend Mike Malinin, previous guest of the show, is the one that tipped me off to this because he's moving as well. He's moving to Nashville, so he's getting rid of some of his vinyl and uh, pointed it out to me. So my collection is up there. Uh, we have the link in the show notes. Um, if you love vinyl and you love the kind of music that I do, you will be very happy. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I know about that site because I live in one of the largest uh, <laughs> collections of punk rock in the country. Yeah, I was I was actually going to give him a give give him a shout out about that, but uh, and let him know that he can take a look. But I'm sure he's not interested in anything that I've got. <laughs> I think he might be, or he probably there. has it all. Yeah, yeah, the Cure stuff. I think he probably has every single one of them. So. But we'll check it out for sure. Yeah, we uh, we had, there's eight nah, close to nine thousand records in the living room downstairs. So yeah. <laughs> I've heard yeah. of, I've heard of Discogs.com before. Somehow, I mean, I never even knew I had quite so many. Once once I was done entering them, it's like I have almost a hundred pieces of vinyl that I've just been carrying with me in in great condition for twenty plus years. So time to let it go. Yeah, yeah, that, that shit's heavy. Yeah, that shit is heavy. And uh, keeping with music, I am also just made some travel plans. I will be going to Toronto for Canadian Music Week. Uh, and uh, I believe 
I'm going not next week, but the week after. So I'll be recording live from uh, CMW and uh, it's a big Canadian music industry conference. Going to head back and hopefully drum up some new business, do some schmoozing and rack up some hours in the foggy do. All right. Excellent. I got nothing this week, but uh, definitely go check out uh, my appearance on Tech Douchebags on Monday if you feel feel so inclined and uh, check out our app and give us a give us a quick rating if you have a few minutes. Uh, we really appreciate it. It really uh, does help us out. And uh, yeah, that's what I got this week. So have a uh, good one. Have a good week, everybody. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at GrumpyOldGeeks.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GrumpyOldGeeks, or email them at podcast at GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.